Oh, hello. I did not notice you there. I'm a fan. Welcome to the Official Fan Podcast, where every episode, we're the official fan group of anything and everything. From the cartoons of your childhood, A baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. To sports, To the entertainment of today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. That's the bottom line, Hey everyone and welcome to the official fan podcast. This week we are the official fan group of King of the Hill. Yeah, this one's been a lot of fun. Yes, this is so much fun to study. It's probably top five favorite shows for me of all time. And yeah, it, yeah. it's got to be up there. Yeah, and it's a, it's a unique show to me because it's so normal oh yeah <laughs> like it's just like it's it's like a cartoon sitcom in the most real sense you could ever have <laughs> right and one thing that i found to be so interesting about this one is that you um it's better the older you are right right, right. so like when yeah. you're a kid you do not get any of the jokes to think that everyone that i mean you can get some of the jokes but you miss a vast majority of the jokes as an adult, it's just punchline after punchline after punchline. It's hilarious. Oh, yes. I love this show. Um, it's one of those shows I used to sit there. I used to watch it with my dad all the time. I mean, we still watch it. And it's one of those, like, comfort food shows to me, you know? Oh, yeah. You just, like, I can just put it on and just watch it for it's hours. It's like the Riceroni of TV. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, but, man, it, it, it came on. Fox uh, for what was it ninety seven to like two thousand eight was how long it was on. Yeah, I didn't. I don't see how long how far it went up until it ended. Um, I know that it was definitely on for quite a while because uh, the art style and voices change um, like pretty significantly from the first version to the last version. You also see, um, for example, if you were to stream this show, the resolution difference in early seasons versus later seasons, you get like the square box. Right, like in the early seasons, and then in later seasons, it becomes more you know dynamic colors and things. Yeah, and a little more HD and stuff like that. Like with The Simpsons, you know, right. The Simpsons now looks so different than it did in the nineties. Yeah, or, yeah, and the voices are different, and everything like that. Yeah, and um, they killed Apu. So, man, that that's something for another episode. Yeah. I have to yeah. like, man, we could. That go was for that hours was a sacrifice to alter political correctness. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But man, but yeah, so King of the Hill, um, it was on, it was on that Fox like block of cartoons that came on. We usually started off with King of the Hill, then it went to The Simpsons, and then it went to Family Guy. I remember for Futurama. a long time, or fu- and then Futurama. Well, it depends on what era we're talking about. Yeah, right? well, yeah, for yeah. A, but it was always a constant of King of the Hill and yeah. and The Simpsons, and Family Guy now is is in that like bunch with like. Shows like Bob's Burgers and stuff like that. And Bob's Burgers, frankly, I would kind of put it in the same category as far as, like, style of comedy. Yeah, very dry. Very dry humor, very, like, a little more realistic. Obviously, different animation styles, of course. But, like, it's basically, like, Bob's Burgers is, like, the Yankee version of King of the Hill in some ways. That's probably the it's best a good, it's way, a good way of to put putting that. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'd and, say that, yeah. 
And I, uh, yeah, but I'm, yes, it was always one of those things, like, it was the last, like, last thing to look forward to on the weekend before you started a full week of school and now work. And so, right. and that's just, yep. But yeah, good memories of watching this show, and I'm excited to dig into it. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so King of the Hill, uh, yeah. it is. Uh, it's a, it takes place in the fictional city of Arlen, Texas, and uh, it's a suburb or somewhat metro area of Dallas. Yes, I and guess that that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, well, it's the more conservative area of Texas, anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of Texas, but that's mostly this area, um, and it it's, and it centers around uh, Hank Hill. And his family, and then his neighbors and friends, and uh, I guess we'll we'll do what we did in the last episode. We'll go through the characters. We gotta go through the characters because these characters are deep. <laughs> like, they are. They're deep, but it's also <laughs> it's also they betray expectations, which is what's kind of fun about the show. Like when I was a kid, like I said earlier, um, I guess well, I guess it was off mic. I said that I always hated Hank. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that right. Hank was unfair to to Bobby and to everybody else. Yeah. But in watching this over again, as many episodes as I have, I've learned that every character has issues. Uh, they all have some serious issues. Yes. And, okay. you know, Hank is, is really just like, I, I found that the, the straight guy on the show, the guy that's really just whatever, mm-hmm. is actually Boomhauer. Oh, yeah. That's the only, like, neutral person in the whole show. <laughs> Y'all dang old man, listen, man, dang old... Thing always just like candle in the wind, man. Yeah, dust in the wind, man. <laughs> dust in the wind. But you think about Boomhauer, you know, I know we're kind of going out of order, but it's like Boomhauer actually is the most consistent and measured in any occasion. He says yeah. the only thing that really makes sense of the situation. Yeah. But no one listens to him. Of course, yeah. And, and for listeners of the sh- of our show here, if you haven't seen King of the Hill for some reason, Boomhauer is a neighbor of the main character, Hank, uh, in he is from yeah. We'll just go out of order. Who cares? Yeah. So he he is, but like so. Boomhauer, he is. I th- I think he's well. He's grown up in Arlen because all the the men in the neighborhood, except for Khan, have grown up in Arlen and went to high school together. Right. He is a uh, fast talking ladies yeah, man. Very thick country accent. So Extremely. thick that you can't understand what he's saying. I think I remember them being there being a um. A mention of his family being from Tennessee, which makes it funny to me as well. Wow. They talk fast. But I don't know too many. I know a few people from Tennessee. They don't talk particularly fast. But at any rate, that's I think that's a trope of his. But maybe I'm just associating something else entirely with Boomhauer. But at any rate, Boomhauer, always real popular with the ladies, always has a girlfriend. Yeah. And Hanks were that that's Boomhauer. He's always a man with he's always a man with the ladies or something like that. Good old yeah. Good old Hank, but um, aside from that, um, I guess we move on from that to the to the, the core family. Yeah, core um, family. Talk about Hank, who is just white bread. Yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, he's he is. Uh, if he was a flavor, he'd be flour, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like he is, you know. <laughs> if he was a color, he'd be clear. Yeah, he he just he is. Uh, a really boring dude, like, and that's but he likes it, and that's and that's what he prefers. Like, he wants life to be, you know, like just the way it should always have been. Be, the right. way the way of life, his way of life, should be the way of, uh, you know, 
the greatest generation that like patriarchal family and stuff like that gomer you know not gomer pile uh, like andy griffith's show right um you know real real boring <laughs> yeah like, but it's, it's also a picture of a life that has no change no affects mm-hmm. to it yeah if you think about even his upbringing was very dynamic but he had it in his mind like pictured to be something different mm-hmm. particularly in episodes that feature his father cotton who, yeah cotton <laughs> who like hank will look up to his father as being like a military hero kind of person lost his knees in korea whatever it was or vietnam he, he lost his he lost his shins in on iwo jima but iwo he killed jima, 50 yeah. man <laughs> he lost his shins on iwo jima yeah um but the guy's abusive and left his mother. <laughs> yeah, he's abusive, left his mother, married either a stripper or a waitress, and we can look this up right. to figure that out. And and, na- and names the, the kid they have Good Hank. Yeah, G.H. <laughs> and Hank, so Hank is Bad Hank. And he says, he says tells, him, tells him to his face that he is Bad Hank. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yep. But then, of course, G.H., you know, when he's, he's a baby, he lactates from his nipples because he's a baby and... He thinks something's wrong with him. So, Cotton's just a—he's just a messed up individual. Like he, there's obviously something wrong with him. Right. <laughs> he's just, but he, uh, for some reason, Hank looks up to him, and it's because it's his dad. He does love his dad, and he wants to make him proud. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it points to a, a picture of things the way they should be, and Hank cannot see things the way that they—he cannot accept things the way they are, mm. which had me growing up thinking he was just this controlling force that couldn't allow anyone around him to live their lives but i now i see it's more complex than that yeah well i think too like i think a lot of the characters have the same issue in the show like they just they're kind of i don't want to say naive well they're naive but they're like they don't see what's actually going on around them they just want to see what they want to see basically exactly and so that's that's where a lot of conflict and some of the jokes come from too um but moving but moving on from hank because he's a deep character in and of himself uh we have his wife peggy extremely headstrong she is a substitute teacher or substitute really she'll fill in Mm. just about any role um, but she will do. Uh, she's very proud of her her <laughs> her fluence in the Spanish language, which yeah. is not good. She's really bad. She's terrible at Spanish. <laughs> but it's like she's fluent to the point where she can put together coherent sentences and understand sentences in the way that like she gets something out of them. The problem is she completely mistranslates everything. I think like, that she's fluent in third grade Spanish. Yeah. She's fluent in the book that she teaches out of. Because mm-hmm. last night I was watching this episode where she goes into a beauty pageant and one of the judges is Mexican. Mm-hmm. And she says something in Spanish talking about how she says that she's a substitute Spanish teacher. Oh, yeah. In, in Spanish. Oh, yeah. And then the guy asks her a question about um, uh, e-commerce in the new millennium in Spanish. And she just says, see, sí, amigo. <laughs> Amigo, and like she takes her Spanish, like a Spanish class to Mexico for a field trip, and completely just I think she knows that things are going south, but doesn't, but she wants to impress the other teachers to maybe get like a real job as a Spanish teacher. So she kind of goes along with how bad things are going, and they end up like accidentally kidnapping a, a little Mexican girl 
who's trying to sell gum <laughs> to them, and they accidentally bring her across to the U.S., so she gets arrested for it, And uh, but they, she ends up getting off because her Spanish is actually so bad that she just, there. it makes it obvious that she just completely misunderstood every situation she ran into <laughs> down in Mexico. Um, she can be, she really can get on my nerves, though, um, because she is so headstrong, and she, her favorite thing to say is, in my opinion, and it's always like when she'll follow up my opinion with something that is actually factually correct that everyone knows. She was always like, in my opinion, Black Friday is the busiest shopping holiday of the year. <laughs> and she, and so she's, yeah, definitely gets on my nerves a bit. Well, she's also very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was going to say she was – She's one of my favorite characters in the show because she is vicious. So, for example, um, two up two times I I recognized her just abusing Bobby. Mm. All right, two times. One was um, the episode when Bobby has his girlfriend that's fourteen, and you know she's just using him to steal his money and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, she takes him to a party, and he doesn't understand or whatever. Right. And they end up breaking up, and Bobby's heart's broken. But up to this point, Bobby was so happy he had a girlfriend. He was bragging to his parents about it and saying, well, our love is stronger than your love. You don't even hold hands kind of thing. And then so when Bobby comes back and he's crying over his girlfriend that left him, Peggy says, now, don't you see that your love wasn't as strong as me and your father's? (laughs) 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 And then there's another episode when, like, Bobby's going through – it's like photo album because Peggy's – it's the same pageant episode, right? And Peggy's trying to – go for this beauty pageant mm-hmm. and he's and she's talking and they're talking and Bobby's talking about how um, he thinks that Nancy's pretty and that Connie's mom's pretty and they're both uh-huh. really pretty yeah and then he says oh here's a picture of me with that uh with the world's largest road runner and then Peggy says oh do you still have the dreams about when you used to peck your eyes out at night <laughs> <laughs> and she's and he's like no I forgot about those he's like oh oh well good night <laughs> it's just like and like, then he goes to bed like, <laughs> like he has like screaming night terror. She yeah. wakes up and says, out my eyes. <laughs> it's, like, it's because she's like she gets her feelings really hurt because she is so like headstrong. She thinks very highly of herself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so like she will tear people up. Like even like just like she did with um Luann. She's horrible to Luann. <laughs> she's she's lost her several jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, she fired her for being her stylist for the beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah. And said that she had an unprofessional attitude. Yeah. And and to be fair to Luann, who we will get to in a second, she's not that capable anyways, but <laughs> Yeah, Luann's future is bleak. Yep. <laughs> but you know what's messed up though is that when she does make a decision for herself, mm-hmm. generally speaking, she's going in the right direction for the place she's gonna end up in life. Right, right. Like for example, you know, she tries to go out and get a job, and Peggy loses her that job because, oh, you're not treating her the way she's supposed to be treated. Here. Right. But she's she's doing her best. She's waitressing. You know, she um, dates Lucky. Hank hates Lucky, right? Which Lucky oh, is yeah. like this real redneck kind of guy, yeah. big truck he, and things. He's but, yeah. he's rich because he slipped on PP at the Walmart. Right. <laughs> he got a huge settlement. Side note. That uh, Lucky was voiced by the one and only Tom Petty. You got rest his soul. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, free fall and fame. Tom Petty was uh, Luann's uh, husband. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. But, Fun fact. But when but when Hank meets um, Lucky and they talk about everything, what really gets him about Lucky is just his aesthetic, just the way he looks. Lucky yeah. actually was 
a good dude. Yeah. He an was, actual good dude. He was actually the best person for Luann. And Luann, we'll just move on to her. She is Peggy's niece, like direct niece uh, through Peggy's brother um, who is in jail. Right. Um, and whose mom or Peggy or Peggy's sister-in-law is uh, pretty much just out of the picture. She may be in and out of jail as well. I think she's. Um, in j- I think she is in jail. Yeah, her I'm parents are basically th- they they can't take care of her. Is essentially right. the deal. Um, and so Luann and is kind of left to stay with the nearest family, and that is the Hills. And Luann is a sweet girl, voiced by Brittany Murphy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, man, another pe- person that passed away that voiced for King of the Hill because Brittany Murphy also voiced uh, Bobby for a long time we'll get to um but anyways so luann left with them troubled girl one of those like sweet girls who's just a little bit too pretty for her for her own good yeah you know what i mean like it's just she she ends up getting into situations where she's definitely taken advantage of because of her good looks and she's just not very smart and so (laughs) and so she gets kind of put in bad relationships brought into just bad situations and people who take advantage of her both emotionally and physically and stuff like that. But, uh, she, but she's also, she's very determined person. She wants to better herself. She ends up eventually going to like community college and, uh, and really just, I I guess finding her own way. She, yeah, well she starts out at beauty school, learns that's not for her because it's pretty much a scam and all the girls at the beauty school are really mean anyways. Right. Um, but then she, uh, then she ends up going to college for real. And then while she's in school, she ends up finding her, the one thing that really like makes her get some consistent money or consistent, um, something to do. It's, uh, the manger babies. Yeah. And it's a puppet show that she does that do have a uh, Christian messages for the people of Ireland that she gets to televise. And it's just these terrible, terrible puppet shows. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Luann. She, uh, she, but uh, I remember I always liked because um, she had a boyfriend earlier in the seasons, in, in early seasons named Buckley. Yeah, Buckley. Buckley, yeah. Nigga. he blew up. He 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 got blown up at the Megalomart. Yeah, and I that that's those the those two episodes will be two of my top five favorite episodes. Oh uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I have to. Uh, we have to talk about when the Megalomart exploded. Um, the <laughs> um, so yeah, but then that leads us into Bobby. Uh, it is it is uh, Hank's uh, disappointing son. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird one because as a kid I identified with Bobby because mm-hmm. I was I think that all of the kids in the nineties were kind of weird to their parents. Yeah, right. We were so heavily marketed to every toy, every TV show, every commercial was about getting our parents to spend money on us, mm-hmm. and we had this disparate um, set of interests. For example, the Pokemon era. Right. If you were like when I was nine and you were eight, Pokemon was the only thing to buy anybody. And our parents could not understand what the heck was going on. You know, they hadn't been as heavily marketed to mm-hmm. as we were. And I think that Bobby, even though he's in a very boring place in America, has so many influences he pulls from from media mm-hmm. and, so, and, and, and things he's interested in that Hank just can't keep up with what this guy yeah. likes. Oh, yeah. You know, plus, I mean, the kid is. Um, very, is very eccentric. Yeah, you know? he's eccentric. He's eccentric. He's a cre- he's of a creative mind. He wants to do 
comedy or entertainment. He wants to go into that right as a career path but obviously he's he's a young kid so he's kind of finding his way through it but it's it's complete it's the complete opposite of what hank would want his son to do hank would want him to do something hands-on or be an athlete or you know do something uh you know manly basically while bobby's basically a hank in his own mind is an alpha male type guy like he's a one type of person that wants to like go out and be the leader of the pack and like be sports star because hank was a sports star yeah. in Ireland. Peaked and in high school back in yeah he, he peaked in high school and that's what he he wants his son to do but maybe to go further than that bobby is kind of a, a beta male i hate those terms alpha male beta male but at any rate he is he is pretty much that like he's kind he just he doesn't want to do that like he, he doesn't just have an he doesn't have an assertive edge to him he mm-hmm. doesn't you know very well stand up for himself but he can be pushed to mm-hmm. for example there's uh, one of my favorite episodes is when uh they are playing football mm-hmm. uh, they're on the football team and uh they decide that hank decides they're gonna go back and get their old coach to coach the boys mm-hmm. this time and at the same time there's this new soccer team oh coming gosh. up so bobby goes and play soccer mm-hmm. with, and the coast is such a wuss. Oh, he's a weenie. The team's name is the Wind. Yeah, the Wind, <laughs> the wind. and they and they play against the puffin stuffs. <laughs> and like, and after and every game's supposed to be a tie because then everyone can win. That was right. the idea. Yeah, it's just like we already have the tie. No point in making them sad. You know, <laughs> and, and, then, and then Bobby said, "Was just like, why not just give them the ball then? Like, what's going on?" And so he's just like, "Screw this." You know, picks up the ball with his hands, tosses it, and says, let's go play football. Our mm-hmm. team needs us. Yeah, because their team is getting killed because, you know, they're beaten down by this old-school coach who's, like, chasing him uh, at practice, making him run sleds with a truck Dude, <laughs> as he, the sled. He, <laughs> in the last scene, when before Hank gets fed up with the guy and mm-hmm. fires him, you know, before that game, he is in his car chasing kids around in his car. As they run on the field, mm-hmm. and then his car gets stuck in the mud. He's revving it while this kid's in front of the tire. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! And it's just like he's gonna kill these kids, <laughs> you know. So it, it was um, it's one of the few moments where I think Hank realizes that his childhood was not ideal. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's incentive for the kids was that if they won the championship, he'd kiss him on the mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, um, mm. Because there's a flashback of one of the other characters we'll talk about is Bill. He gets a kiss on the mouth from the coach, and he, like, puts his hand on his cheek. After the coach walks away, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's taking it back. Bill is an interesting character. I, oh, oh, man. man. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, yeah, so Bobby, he um, – he has he's actually more successful like in terms of the ladies than one would expect for someone who's kind of a weenie and kind of you know not at least Hank is all let's put it this way Hank is always kind of surprised by Bobby he he, he as much as he's disappointed by him he's also very like you know what he's he's gonna be okay like Hank's favorite term for Bobby is that boy ain't right that, like that's his like favorite thing to say right. about Bobby but he's always finding there's always moments where he's like wow, way to go, kid. Like, it's pretty much because he, like, he gets a girlfriend or he will he will go out for a sport without being, like, forced into it and stuff like that because Bobby's just a he's, – he's a middle school kid. That's about mm-hmm. the only way to really describe it. figuring stuff out. Yeah, and he, he'll have a couple go- girlfriends throughout the whole series. Uh, he has um, – you know, he dates their neighbor, Connie, yeah. and his best friend is Joseph. And, uh, gosh, I can't wait to get into the Gribbles. Like, the Gribble saga is – 
dude, that's there, so fun to me. What's <laughs> so, one of the things that's so great about King of the Hill is that each of the characters in this show became its own archetype. Mm-hmm. So you can't have another show and have a Dale Gribble character. Mm-hmm. You have to have Dale Gribble. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't replicate these aren't these aren't tropes. These aren't like these aren't characters that you can just redo over and over again. You mm-hmm. know, these aren't standards. These are full fledged characters. Oh yeah, which is so great. Um, but let's see. But then yeah, we can move on to um, we can move on to the Gribbles. We All right, can go on and move on to them. The uh, so the Gribbles are headed up by Dale Gribble, who is a conspiracy theorist yeah that's basically that's all you need to know yeah that's pretty much all i need he by trade he is a a, a um um an exterminator by, by for his day job but otherwise he likes to be in his basement and do research on you know whether or not Har- lee harvey oswald really did kill kennedy right. did we really land on the moon um he he believes that the government is watching him and he has a secret a or a alter ego Known as Rusty Shackleford, though Rusty Shackleford is actually a person, and, and and comes to confront him at some point in the season or in the series, and uh, yeah, that's that is about all you need to know. He's a doomsday prepper as well. Like he's got like basically a bug out bag and bug out shelter, but mostly with Mountain Dew <laughs> that that he in cigarettes. That's all he needs. Like he's always known to wear his his hat and his sunglasses and his cigarettes. And I love. There's an episode where he gets like a real job, like an office job, because he mm. has to stop doing extermination for a while because the poisons are basically killing him faster now because he's smoking. Um, he he has to give up his hat and glasses, and it completely changes him as as a man. Like it just it turns him into like this like jerk, really. Like he just turns into like an office jerk, and it's so I, I love that. I, I love Dale. All right, I have, to, I have to rewatch that one. I didn't see that one, but yeah. I probably would have put that in my top five had I known about it. Yeah, because it's like it's funny because well, he basically in that episode he is a um, he's just kind of like a you know pavement pusher. Like he does like minor work for the company, but they they kind of get an idea of his insensitivities, or the, the management does at least, and they decide you know what can you deliver the message to fire this individual. Because we're going through some tough times financially speaking, so we need to cut cut the fat basically. Right. And so they basically turn him into a hitman to fire people in the office. So he gets promotion after promotion and better pay and better pay because he's simply just a person that fires people. <laughs> like there's a point where Hank and Peggy and Nancy come to visit uh, him at work, and he's sitting in his office, and they're all like, "Wow, this is this is great." And he's like, "Yeah, it's fantastic," you know, it's like. I get all the all that I want to get, you know, or whatever. It's like his job is going great, and he, and then he, and somebody walks by the office, and he goes, "Hey, come in here for a second. And then it was some some guy. He's like, "How long have you been here, Johnson, or whatever his name was?" And he goes, "Oh, ten years." And he goes, "Well, that's coming to an end. You're fired in front of like in front of Hank and Nancy and all that." And Nancy's like, "I just can't believe you." can't believe how much that man cried i feel so ashamed but it was that episode was all it was a good episode because he was you see a different side of of dale or really like the extermination side of dale when it's turned on people basically (laughs) so yes that's that's actually a really good way of seeing of of seeing it Mm -hmm. you know i remember um one of my favorite scenes with dale with dale is when 
the episode because this is my top five. Also, is when they go hunting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And um, he says, uh, "Well, there's there's two parts, right? There's one that says like um, we're not just killing a deer, we're killing Joseph's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know, you, hunting makes you a man, kind of thing. Well, because this is how how Dale would say it was like, we're not just killing a deer." Killing Joseph's childhood. He's kind of like he, he talks kind of like uh, Jack Nicholson kind of character. Yeah. That's kind of how yeah, his, that's his probably voice, how his voice kind of comes off. <laughs> and this comes across um, because they're looking out the back porch and they see a deer going through the trash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Dale says, "The way you gotta hunt a deer is you gotta kill the queen deer." Because <laughs> he has actually no idea how to do anything. Right. He, he's a very unathletic individual. He was the towel he's manager. So weak. Yeah, he was very a towel manager weak. in school. In while his friends all actually played football, but he was still friends with them. Dude, physically fears Hank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he's physically afraid of Hank. Oh yes. So, you know, and then um, the guys Dale's like looking at staring down the deer. And then Bill's like, he's, hey, he's staring right back at you. He's like, ah, and he closes the windshield. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Because <laughs> he gets, he's, cause, because he's so paranoid, he's like right. that. Uh, but, but then he's, he's married to uh, one Nancy. of the best looking women in the, in the alley. It's Nancy. Yeah. And uh, Nancy is a weather woman for uh, the local news station and eventually becomes an anchor at uh, the station itself. Uh, but she is in a long standing affair. With John Redcorn. John Redcorn, the local Native American and uh, healing masseuse. Yeah. Who's also a bit of a womanizer. <laughs> he's like, he has multiple girlfriends, and Nancy actually gets very jealous of that when he finds out he has other girlfriends, which is always, you know, it's ironic and yeah. but hypocritical because of her situation. Um, it's pretty shallow, generally speaking, though, in terms of a story or character. I mean, she, um, she definitely has some guilt and stuff like that about her her uh, affair and stuff because she eventually starts losing her hair. She ends up finding out that her mom actually went through the same thing. Her mom was also, you know, I, I guess debutante would be kind of like the, right. the, what we would equate it to. And like her mom was one that had a relationship with someone else too, w- instead of Nancy's father and had went through a similar situation of losing her hair. When she stopped getting in, having the affair, her hair was fine basically. And, that I don't know, basically saying it kind of runs in the family with her, with Nancy, with cheating on husbands and, right. but she stays with Dale. We assume because he does really seem to love her a lot. He is a very, yeah, he's very proud to have her as a wife. I assume there's relations there at some point, oh, but maybe do. not. Yeah, yeah they, they're they're good. It's 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 kind of weird because whenever you get to look in their home, Dale is actually an amazing husband and father. Like he's, yeah. he he puts his family first in, in all cases. He's really really a good dad, um, and really a really good husband. And and uh, Nancy even recognizes that. I forget which episode it is when Dale like his life starts actually like kind of get together, and Nancy like likes him again. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, there's some those are a few weird episodes when that happened, but you know I I didn't know that. I I guess it was a later season when Nancy goes ahead and sees her mother and stuff. I didn't see I didn't see that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like that's that's good because one of the things that I look for in shows where that kind of thing is happening is that it uh at least it either gets found out or like some kind of justice happens because you can't just use people. Yeah, you know I can't sit there and watch somebody just get straight cucked for like four years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and then that just be the end of the show. Right, know, that's why right. I hated um Mike Judge's other movie, uh, Extract. Yeah. Like the whole point of that movie is that like a guy 
you know, is wants to cheat on his wife because she doesn't isn't paying attention to him. So he basically, you know, jokingly offers to pay a prostitute, like mm-hmm. a male prostitute, mm-hmm. to sleep with his wife. Yeah. And, and like this drug induced haze yeah. wakes up, and then um calls the guy and says, "Hey man, never mind." It, I, I was just I was really high and the, and, <laughs> and the guy's like nah man I already did it <laughs> it's just like what yeah we already did it man it was awesome oh my god and it's just like and, and so now he, he hasn't cheated on his wife yeah so he, his wife has just cheated on him and he has to just live with this knowing that, that it, she it, did that, that she did and oh that my he gosh. paid for it oh my god yeah and I, I couldn't stand that movie because the couple doesn't get back together anymore yeah so it's just it's just this this thing going on. So at least there's some kind of reconciliation with that. Yeah, there um, is. Infidelity is one of those things in movies I just don't like. No, it sucks. I hate it so much. But yeah. they do a pretty good job at making it kind of funny in this show. Oh, yeah. John because, Redcorn jumping out of windows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, one of the best John Redcorn jumping out of the window. <laughs> there are a couple times it's kind of like a joke where it's like, I have the best wife in the world. Nancy loves me forever, you know, stuff like that. And then in the background, John Redcorn's jumping out of the window of the house. It's, it's, it's like it kind of is like, as a married man, it kind of stings. But at the same time, it's pretty funny because he's so oblivious. But right. there's another one of like the closest moments to this ever, ha- like him ever getting caught is um, Dale like bursts into a room and John Redcorn is basically like trying to, he's in the middle of jumping out of the window <laughs> from their bedroom. He, um, and Dale's like, get back here, John Redcorn. And he's like, oh, Dale, I, I'm sorry. I did not want you to find out this way, you know, or whatever. Yeah, the way he talks. <laughs> yeah, did not want you to find out this way. And, and Dale's like, get the hell off my mower. Because <laughs> he's like standing on his lawnmower, which is just outside the bedroom window. <laughs> he's like, get the hell off my mower. Get back inside and start massaging my wife. <laughs> Because I guess he still assumes that John Redcorn is literally just a masseuse, and that's right. all he's there for. Because Nancy has um headaches, <laughs> extreme right. headaches, and so she has to go to see the healer and stuff. So that was the closest that ever happened. And John Redcorn ended up with like, it's like it's like he doesn't even make it any. Like I don't even know what's what's worth trying anymore <laughs> or whatever. I forgot exactly his words, but he's basically just like. I don't even know why we try to it's like we don't just tell him <laughs> because he should know by now <laughs> but right especially because of joseph right yeah and joseph. We, can, we can move into joseph because joseph is uh, a really interesting he's, he's, a, he's a really good character um and a good a good friend for bobby because he comes from a very dysfunctional mm-hmm. situation his family's very his family is stable ish at least in appearance to him yeah but you know there's that episode for example when joseph finally starts to identify more with Dale. Yeah. After they do the whole conspiracy theory behind Joseph's birth. Yes. Right. <laughs> because Joseph is he's an alien. Is yeah, basically an alien. half alien. Right. <laughs> so is what is the idea? Ugh. Yeah, they're trying they're trying to discern and Dale's trying to discern how Joseph could possibly look different than him mm-hmm. and be his son. Right. Because Nancy would never cheat. Right. Right. And they go through this whole conspiracy, him and Joseph, at the end realize, wow, so I'm an alien. Oh, that makes perfect sense, you know. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're both gonna be just as dumb. Oh yeah, together like that. that the, even though he's not his father, you know, Joseph and Dale are definitely like, you know, they're definitely he's definitely Joseph's uh, D- Dale's son. Yeah, you know, like they like he, he and he is a great dad to Joseph. Like right. he he supports the crap out of him. Like he everything Joseph does, he is extremely proud of. He um he's someone who who. Dale is basically like I 
I have a theory about I have a theory about the Gribbles, which I will get to in just a moment. But I but like in spite of this theory I'm about to this ins- describe, he's he basically wants to be the best dad to Joseph. <sighs> but that gets me to my theory. Right. So I have <laughs> a slight theory that Dale is not as naive as he's portrayed to be. And this is just headcanon. This is just what I think. I think Dale knows about Nancy and John Redcorn. I think he knows that there's been a relationship. I, he obviously, I mean, he obviously we know he knows that Joseph is not his actual biological son. Right. But he, but he knows that he is definitely a human son. And um, some of my evidence to this, or really maybe not evidence, but more just reasoning behind this, it's that I think Dale just he knows Nancy's probably the best he's ever going to get. Right. He's happy that she does still want to stay with him in spite of this. And he, he gets a great family life out of this, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and those are kind of the three reasons he doesn't just like come forward and get offended by it because he's a really like a lot of the people on the show. And I think a lot of this kind of rap, a lot of these characters are very insecure in different ways. They come out in different ways. But Dale is insecure in, in that he's insecure with the government. He's in, insecure because he is very, like, um, because he's just not a super athletic dude and stuff like that. But he, and so he's like, you know what, I want to ke- keep this family together. I still get the benefit of having a hot wife. And, you know, right. and, then, uh, and then that's, and they kind of move on. Nancy never wants to say anything because she does care for Dale at the end of the day. She just wants to get that nice good-looking side piece there on the end. Um, and she eventually stops seeing John Redcorn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think she she also genuinely cares for Dale. And there's a deeper look into it, but, right. of course, I don't have my notes in front of me. Or like you had some, notes? I, well, okay. I had, I had um, concru- like, different, like, Reddit posts and things like that that people had oh, agreeing you have, opinions. Oh, like, a whole whiteboard. And oh, yeah. People were, I was, like, thinking about this a lot, and I think he just, I think he's just, I basically, I just think he's not as naive about it as he's portrayed to be, and he just doesn't really care enough to do anything about it. Right. I think that that could be a thing. I mean, if you want to rationalize it, you know, if you really have a lack of self respect mm-hmm. and you're just gonna say hey i still get to sleep with a pretty woman and i have a nice kid mm-hmm. and um this life is pretty good because mm-hmm. honestly if dale did do that nancy takes joseph and where does he go yeah he's pretty much left homeless because his his well not homeless but in a not as a great situation because nancy brings in a good bit of the the income right. there's an episode where they meant they're having an argument uh, and Nancy says, well, or Nancy says, you need to start bringing more money into this house. And it's actually the, the office episode where he goes to work an office job. And um, Nancy says, you need to start bringing more money into this house. And Dale says, I bring money in. I help. And he goes, you pay the cable bill. And that's like all he pays, basically. Nancy, with her, her TV job, pays for everything. So with Nancy not in the picture, he would he wouldn't be in a he'd very good Bill. Situation. Yeah, he'd be Bill basically, and yeah. probably not living on Rainy Street with the rest of the neighbors. Right. And he and so I think he stays. Um, but I, another reason I think he knows is because there's an episode where he meets a lady um, exterminator, mm-hmm. and she like loves him. Like she shows him a lot of 
attention and affection. They have a lot in common, and she's also very pretty, which is always surprising to everyone because she's an exterminator. You wouldn't expect it, and she's supposed right. to be like the best exterminator in the whole like in the whole state, you know? Right. Um, and the <laughs> the she's this lady's like basically trying to seduce him. Nancy sees it, like sees straight through it that that's what she's trying to do. And Dale's basically acting like he's pretty oblivious to all of it. And there's one point where they're going to do basically like a night stakeout to like look out for some like mongoose or something like that. <laughs> that's like a, like a, of course that's a, like a stakeout. Yeah. 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 Of course. So they got to like, they like look, they have to, it's like an all night like thing. Nancy begs Dale not to go for this all night thing with this lady because she just sees through it and knows that it's going to be like a trap. Like he's going to, she's going to seduce him or whatever. Isn't that interesting how Nancy cares at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Nancy suddenly cares and this, and Dale even notices it. He's like, he says, well, you, or she was like, Dale, please don't go. Like, please don't go. I want you to stay here. And he, and then he goes, I never said anything when he to go out, when he wanted to go out with John Redcorn, you know, and just like basically, and she just like shuts her up at that moment. Now, of course, in the sh- in the framing of the show itself, that's like, well, I never said anything when you had all those headaches and you wanted to go get a, a massage to feel better. But in my head canon, it's like, I never said anything because I know you were cheating on me that whole time, so I'm going to go off and see if I want to cheat. But then eventually he does decide anyway. He loves Nancy. He doesn't want to get with this lady who's like, she basically they they show up on like a rooftop yeah. area where there's like a picnic set up with candles and stuff. There's no mongoose or anything. You always find it so weird how many women actually find these dudes attractive. Yes, like you my know, gosh. like freaking. Remember that that lady that um that time that someone tried to seduce Hank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a uh, she was a cop. Was it, it was a, a cop? It was a lady cop. She pulls him over. And um, she learns who he is, like that he used to play for Arlen High football, and uh, and she was a cheerleader for a, for a rival school, and she consi- consistently keeps trying to pull him over. And uh, I always like the way I thought it was Strickland's uh, wife or side piece. But oh well, yeah, she does that too. Yeah, yeah, can, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does too. I'm thinking about the moment it's in, she's in like a hot tub and she yeah. invites, and she and she pulls Hank in there with the clothes on and says, "Let's make soup." <laughs> Let's make soup, honey. <laughs> Oh man, freaking Strickland! <laughs> Strick- yeah, oh yeah. We never, well, we didn't even mention that Hank sells propane and propane accessories. Oh, yeah, that's his that defining is, characteristic. That is his defining characteristic. Which, for those who don't know, that means grills. Yeah, that's all it is. A propane accessory is a grill. <laughs> like, yeah, and, th- and th- that's what's hilarious about it. Just the framing of I care more about the propane itself. The grill is an accessory to the propane. <laughs> Sweet lady propane. He loves her, and he's pimping her all over this town. Yeah. <laughs> he actually says at some point, he says, or Hank says, uh, I only love two women in my life. Or, or it's like, or he says something about, like, I love a woman, and her name is Sweet Lady Propane. Me and Peggy have an understanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But, yes. So, anyways, I, we got, I got off track there. Um, where were we? So, we talked about Dale and, and my theory. And so that leads us into. Bill. I guess we gotta talk about poor sad Bill. <laughs> what is his full name? I got Bill his, Dotry. Well, it's Bill William, Dotry. William was William James Dotry. Yeah, I've got it pulled up here. It is William Fontaine de la Tour Dotry. William Fontaine. Oh yeah, he comes he's from New Orleans. Yes, he he comes from a a a, a, Cajun, a French Cajun uh, background. Uh, well, actually, a very well-to-do family until yeah. until one of the members of the one of his cousins basically sold the plantation or was going to sell the plantation. So, 
they they're not as well to do as they were, but they're like old money basically. Right. And uh, but what's you know what's interesting about that old money thing? Because I was talking about this with AJ. AJ loves reading these period piece novels, mm-hmm. right? And so he was talking about how a lot of these southern old money families would come to the south. And there's literally no opportunity. Mm-hmm. So they say, okay, we'll get into agriculture. And then there's too much agriculture. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these old money families, they have all this old money, no education, no opportunity. They just drink it all. And then you have just marrying for like namesakes. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of what that reminds me of. Well, it kind of, that's kind of like an old money thing, like throughout the, the world, even. Like they talk about, like, uh, it's basically that way in, um, in England and stuff with these like Victorian books, like those yeah. Jane Eyre books, like they have money that it's like an allowance that comes in, but it's not like they're just like rolling in the dough. You basically right. marry for the title, basically. Right, <laughs> and, so. and then a lot of them end up like losing all the money and just having the title. Mm-hmm. And that happened a lot in the American South. A lot of those mm-hmm. um, lords would come over here, and they have that kind of that family background, having this family crest and all that stuff. But there just was no economics in the South aside from, you know, plantation ownership. And that market was cornered very quickly by the settlers already here. Yeah. So they just drank themselves into poverty. Yep. <laughs> like, literally, that's like the Hatfields and McCoys is like a thing because of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so, um, yeah. Aside from that, though, Dodo Tree. One thing I like about Bill is that he actually is far more competent oh, yeah. in a lot of things than you would think. Like, he's a master griller barbecue guy. Yeah. You know, he military, he's a military background. Mm-hmm. He's not particular. I mean, he's dumb, but he's not dumb. He yeah. just has no will of his own. He's lazy. Yeah, well, he's lazy, and like everybody else, he has bad insecurities, but his insecurities come to the point where it, like, causes him to screw up. Like, he, yeah. but he gets so confident. Like, his, one of his things, a, com- a, a common thread with him, um, it, it stems back to his first wife, Lenore, who leaves him. And that he, that screws him up because he already had some problems because um, doing my research on Bill because Bill was probably the deepest character in a lot of ways because of his like psychological problems. Yeah. He is uh, he he apparently his dad seemed to maybe abuse him a bit, um, though still al- though still alive at some point in the story in the show you don't really see or hear much of him you just kind of get whiffs of it seemed like his dad probably abused him apparently put him made him wear dresses and things like that mm. um so oh excuse me and uh turns him and basically that abuse and a lot of that abuse tends to be like um it kind of it comes out in ways when bill is upset he, he tends to be more weenie-ish than the rest of them he cries he's like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so he he's quicker to cry than the other men right. in the in the alley, and that that kind of turns them off. They kind of pick on him too, because he is um he is kind of a bumbling person. Like he's I wouldn't call him a bumbling fool because again he's not stupid. He's just he's just not quick witted. And he's also he's, a lineman in, in yeah. high school. He was like so he was a nice fullback at times. Yeah, nice yeah, he probably does. He probably does have some like concussion problems and stuff like that. And brain damage issues, and he, uh, but uh, he's the thing about Bill that I always liked, or not liked. Basically, a common thing with him is he would get in relationships. Basically, after Lenore left, he was always this real sad individual. But then he would like come across a woman who would like him for some reason, and he would turn into the most confident individual ever. And he was like a great 
lover basically like he was a great oh, yeah wow. apparently like they like loved him and he was like they he was a great boyfriend great at dating but he would always do something to screw it up and i think it always kind of stems from his insecurities like he just right. is he's very self-conscious and doesn't think highly of himself so he just pushes too far basically and it screws everything up yeah i did love the episode when him and bobby make ribs yes him and Bobby, father and son. <laughs> you do that. The, my only problem with that with that theory is that it makes zero sense. Yeah, I need to look back on the um, on the timeline of things. It, it doesn't make sense, but it's a it's a fan theory that people just. It makes sense in the sense that Bobby and Bill, personality wise, are very similar, and they're both kind of chubby. The, the fat kid in their friend group and and the fact that Hank and Peggy for a long time had a problem had problems having kids basically they because of Hank's narrow urethra and, and so he right. he was um and so people think that Peggy just had like like a one night stand or something with Bill when they were younger and uh, and then Bobby came along that's kind of that's basically the idea. And the evidence for that is the fact that Bill has such a crush on Peggy. It's always like, "Will Hank?" or like, "Will Hank, if you die, I can I can look after Peggy, and we can be hang out with Bobby, picking out colleges and things like that." <laughs> and Bobby's and Hank's always like, "Shut up, Bill," or whatever. And but he and but Peggy hates Bill, and which adds to it of like she definitely regrets that decision to sleep with him. Now this is definitely probably not true, right? But it's uh, I've the, always thought it was what, an interesting. What, what betrays it to me is that um, Bobby looks just like Cotton. Yeah, he does. He looks a lot like Cotton, which even makes, which could really make a fan theory darker if you wanted to. Get into that. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> it could get even you darker. Like, you look like your dad, or like my dad. Come <laughs> on, is. you can't. You, it's like, oh, you look just like your granddad, which makes it darker. My granddad looks like my dad. He, but Hank doesn't look like his dad. He looks like his mom. Now, no, of course, that's not how it would work. Yes, obviously, family genes they skip based on the pundit square. So you know, it's just that's that's why it's it pundit falls square, not pundit square. Pundits are political commentators. Whatever, pundit square. Pundit, right? Pundit. I yeah. can't remember. And those stupid squares we did in biology yeah, class. Yeah, I know why you have green eyes. Yes, yeah. those stupid squares. Anyways, those things. That's the that's what determines that. It's not you know. It's not right, the dark right. turn I was but, going to take with that. So my, my aggravation with fan theories is that they t- they tend to take source material that is just ubiquitously entertaining and without any input from the actual creator, oh, yeah. just say, oh, yeah, so this actually implies this horribly dark thing. It's never like <laughs> – it's never – a fan, a fan theory is never um, – Something where oh this actual cool thing happened this nice yeah. thing happened it's always like this horrible dark thing yeah it always comes down to some type of childhood abuse or something <laughs> for a fan theory it's never about like oh but what if this happened instead oh that would be cool <laughs> I, yeah no, I'm I, think, with you. I think it just branches off from like like millennials being really cynical about our childhoods yeah and just wanting to keep it and then morph it to match our current realities yeah because we want our childhood to be more adults that's why. We're doing this show <laughs> because yeah, you're making adult we're doing look, it. We're doing this. We're doing it at right this show. now. When we were t- oh, talking, man. our last episode we recorded was about the Rugrats, and we sat there and cracked jokes about the Rugrats. <laughs> yeah. In, in in some ways, cynical ways. I'm a part of this. We're we're a part of the problem, man. Oh. 
but, but I don't <laughs> but there, I don't really know the solution, so I'm not gonna be a part of the solution. I'll yeah. just keep cracking jokes about my childhood. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. So so if if Bill if Bill and Peggy did somehow manage a liaison, how does this start? From, like I'm trying to think. Does Bill say, "Hey Peggy," and Peggy's like, "Hey Bill," and then it's like, you know, uh, Pank's sleeping and it's Tuesday, <laughs> and it's like, you're right, it is Tuesday, Bill. Usually Tuesdays are me and Hank's night. And she's and he's like, well, you know, I have a TV and a mattress, <laughs> and she's like, okay, Bill, because I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, no, I don't no, know. Actually, it would have to be while Bill was with Lenore. Yeah, and I we think know it would have been. Yeah, and we know that Bill and Lenore broke up because why they broke up because Hank acted that part out for Bill's closure that during the episode when Bill starts dressing like Lenore, and then Hank wears a dress and confronts him and says, "I'm leaving you because you're lazy and you do nothing and blah blah,", blah and these are all the reasons I'm leaving you. Mm. And then he acts it out and it's like, "Oh yeah, that is what happened." You <laughs> <laughs> know, I was like, but it would have had to be, but but see if it was during Lenore though. Even though he's supposedly was lazy and stuff like that, he was still, at least based on the evidence we see in the show, he was much more of a confident individual. So maybe he had more moves that he put on Peggy. Yeah, that is kind of the thing. Like when you when you do get a girlfriend, suddenly you're like, you know, I could probably do better. (laughs) (laughs) And you start looking at everybody like, well, maybe if that means it's like when you're like when you have your first girlfriend, right? Your first ever girlfriend, and you go out and you like you're at Walmart and you see another girl that's kind of pretty. You're like, you know what? Probably, I could probably do that. Whereas, yeah. whereas, whereas beforehand, you were, you probably thought like, man, there's there's no way. Now there seems like there's a way everywhere. I don't know. Well, maybe in the sense of like, I remember when I had my first middle school girlfriend. I we had. I remember I was out to eat with my parents, and there was like a group of girls about my age, and they're all like waving and giggling at me as they're leaving the restaurant with their parents, and I remember being like holy crap, where did this come from? I've never been this attractive before. <laughs> it's like, they know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like when, they know. When, when, when you, I, I used to hear that a lot when I was working in Kroger. My friend was like, you know, once you get one girlfriend, it, the rest of them can smell it on you. <laughs> well, you know. well, it's also kind of true. Like uh, my wife, when we started dating, uh, Annalise would say with that, like, I just like, no guys ever really talked to me or made like a, like a like an attempt to to date me or anything like that, but as soon as I dated you, Ben, <laughs> yeah, they all come out of the woodwork and are like talking, sending me messages. Not like as far as I know, anything like <laughs> anything like like hey, want to meet up, baby, or whatever. But like she would be hit on so much more. I think we as people, if we're single, you just kind of like notice. Maybe you're just more comfortable with somebody if you already know them and they. And whatever I don't know. I think it's kind of like the Bill thing, though. Like your confidence will pick up yeah. because you're taken care of already. Yeah. So you don't need these from other people, and people like people that don't need them because they feel because they're needy. Right. You know, and if they see, oh, my lifestyle is going to be with this confident person that has everything together, they don't know that that particularly comes from the fact that you have ever you already have someone in your life. Right. You know, there are plenty of people that probably would be more or probably um you know less attractive if they were single yeah well probably and i mean you know but going back to bill and peggy you know so i think you could tie that in there but then also (laughs) but then you could tie in tie in the fact that he was probably more confident that makes him slightly more attractive peggy was probably frustrated because her and hank were having issues having a kid and uh it was just like a one-time like 
mistake and i still think that those mistakes are bull crap you know uh, but we know. The, the darker version of her and cotton that's what she wanted that's where you wanted to go i don't know if i really cotton wanted to just go just like bobby she, just like him i don't i don't even in his war picture she looks like bobby see, i don't even want to go there <laughs> <laughs> like it's just his war uh, pictures he just looks like bobby but older and, and buff too because yeah. he's in the army but I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to go there, but it could go there because Cotton was an abusive dude, and I think you go even darker with that. Yeah. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. And Peggy hates Cotton tremendously. Oh, she does. Maybe, maybe Peggy cheated on him a lot. <laughs> cheated on Hank a lot. That, and she, but now she regrets it a lot because she has a son now and has a family she wants to keep together. And so she's she hates everyone she ever had a tryst with. She doesn't really like Dale, but she teams up with Dale sometimes. Yeah. So she tolerates him. Well, she li- she prefers that she she likes Dale as far as keeping him and Nancy together. Yeah. Like she advocates for Dale with Nancy. True. True. Okay, so maybe no Dale. Yeah. But Boomhauer though. I mean Boomhauer. I mean Bobby's blonde. Bobby is blonde. You, you, you want to go that way? <laughs> we could go that way with it. <laughs> and they have kind of a like Bobby really thinks Boomhauer is really cool and Boomhauer has like a couple like father son ish moments, you know, like teaching moments. He has the like same that. eyes and hair as Bobby. Yeah, he kind of does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and if we're gonna if we're gonna go there, man, or we could just, or we could just go along with some some inbreeding. You know, yeah. Bobby's weird. <laughs> no, Bobby is just a weird kid. I mean, he is just a weird kid. But uh, and then the other like it, I don't want to get because there are a ton of characters in this show anyway. I think we've covered the main ones. We've covered the main ones because the cons aren't really important. Yeah, from Connie. Yeah, super nu- the super nuisance phones. I don't know. Uh, con- I, call them, I call them the cons. The cons <laughs> is because well, there's con. <laughs> They're a ton of hun and well, yeah. it's funny because Connie is con junior because they were supposed to have a boy. <laughs> that was the idea, but it's con junior. Con super nuisance phone, and they they're from California. They're jerks. They call mm-hmm. all their fan- all the neighbors rednecks. And hillbillies. Hillbillies. Uh, that was fantastic. One of the best con one-liners in the entire series was uh, Bobby and Luann were having like a, a prank war on each other. And Bobby, in one of his pranks, decides to change out all of pe- uh, Luann's birth control pills with Smarties. So she like he like chews them into like the shape of like the birth control pills and stuff like that. Luann, being someone who takes birth control every day, probably knows that it's not the actual pill, and so she turns it on him basically and says, "Bobby, I know what you did to my pills, but I'm pregnant because I can't take my pills, even though that's not how it works. Like she wasn't like in relations or anything like that at the moment." But she says, it's your fault. That means we have to get married, <laughs> basically, and, like, turns the whole joke on him, basically saying, I'm pregnant because of you, even though they didn't yeah. do it. And now we have, and to, now get we have to get married. And so they have, like, a fake wedding in the backyard. All the neighbors show up to just teach Bobby a lesson about, like, meddling too much with Luann and all that. And <laughs> they're walking down the aisle. And Khan puts his head up over the fence and goes, oh, Min, <laughs> redneck boy's marrying his dear Billy cousin. You owe me five dollars. <laughs> no, I thought that was so funny <laughs> because they like took a bet that they would they would get married. Uh, that was a that was one of the, my favorite like con one liners that they ever had. Uh, but yes, so that those are that family. Connie's smart, and you know it's in it's they play off the stereotype of like the the demanding Asian parent and stuff like that. And it's not really a stereotype though. It's 
It's mostly true. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, well, I'm going to go on a racist limb here. Well, well, stereotypes are based in some level of fact, but right. it is it does um, as far as it plays on yeah. that cultural stereotype, basically. right? Yeah, it's not often you need a bunch. Uh, it's not often you need a bunch of lazy, you know, Asians. <laughs> Dang, I should stop. <laughs> and we apologize uh, for all our listeners uh, that for Ernest. I'm surprised it wasn't me that went on this rant, but it was Ernest that yeah, did. There, there was a black character that you totally forget about. Yeah. No. <laughs> there, you know what's um? Remember the episode when Lady Bird was racist. Oh, I remember the episode with Lady Bird. So Lady Bird is Hank's dog. She is a uh, a true uh, bloodhound, um, Tennessee bloodhound or whatever was the, the breed. Very sweet old dog, and it was basically Hank and Peggy's baby before Bobby. Um, but yeah, she she like hate, it, it makes it seem like she hates this black repairman that comes by. Mm-hmm. Like she barks at him and growls at him. Oh yeah, that was a fun episode. But that it turns out, but it turns out he hates it because like. She got mad at the, the black guy because he was annoying Hank because Hank thinks highly of his, like, repair skills and handyman skills. He hates calling a repairman to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so the guy's kind of, like, cracking jokes and talking about, like, oh, you, you know, you, like, you're not as good at this as you think you are or something like that and annoys Hank. Lady Bird senses that and goes nuts on the guy. But it comes across as Hank being racist because right. he trains his dog to be. And they, like... He, they make Hank take a, uh, uh, like a, like a racist quiz, basically. Like if you, if oh, you're I racist, love those racist and quiz. yeah, he yeah. takes this quiz where you have to like quickly click on what you prefer, like yes or no. You know, that actually pictures. came to be in real life. Really? Like when they do, for example, the Starbucks issue with the sensitivity training, mm-hmm. that's what they do. Really? They make you take quizzes where you have to prove you're not racist. But it doesn't make sense because you could still just lie on it. Like, yeah, well, once once you know what the questions are. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but it's know. just. It, but that's the thing; it's not replicable. So yeah, people yeah. will do that and say, "See, your company's failing in these areas of racism." But you can't. <laughs> you take the quiz twice, then, it's, then you'll, it can't be done, right? So well, it's like it's not a it's not a test. Yeah, it's not a test. But it was just funny because like he's taking it with a character that is actually voiced by Chris Rock. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Chris Rock was the character. He was the, he was the uh, Drew Carey was on there once too. Yeah, going. yeah, but yeah, they're they're taking the quiz and. He, and Chris Rock's character is basically just like like going like Mick, go faster, go faster. You can't think about it. You just have to answer. And it's literally just like choosing yes or no on a picture on different pictures that pop up. And it comes up and it says you strongly prefer the company of white people. Was <laughs> what came up for him. Peggy retook the quiz and they were getting both getting frustrated with the quiz in and of itself. And then Peggy ends up getting she strongly prefers the company of black people. <laughs> like there's no like. You're just fine. Like you like everybody. It's just literally one or the other. But Peggy's like, oh yeah. Like she's probably like, I'm not racist, <laughs> but but Hank apparently is. <laughs> so, yeah. But it turns out he's not. At least not in an overt way. But you know, uh, yes, fantastic. <laughs> All right. So top fives. Top fives. Top fives. And I noticed in the last episode when I posted it, we talked about doing like we'll edit in some stuff. And we didn't do we it. We didn't do it, and that's fine. And I think we should keep this like we kept that and just yeah. acknowledge the fact we're probably not going to edit anything for these top five sections. Yeah, well, I, thought I wanted to, like, do, like, clips or excerpts, but that's hard to do. Yeah, like, guys, until y'all start, like, really listening to us and suggesting stuff, it, we're going we're gonna to put into this as much as you give back. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But if we had a Patreon, they could give back. Yeah. So, uh, 
we're gonna start a Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we can for just one dollar, you can uh, help yeah, us for out. For just seventy cents a day, you can help little Matumbo have his uh, rights and choices. But for thirty cents more, you can get some quality radio time <laughs> that, that you want. More. Just thirty cents more. Oh, you so can one get of our coworkers uh, said we should do WWE next. But I don't know I'd how. We, or, or he said wrestling, nineties wrestling. But I don't know, like I can do that. What we could. Cause I, I have some memories, but man, I'd have to go back. Dude, to I I know I know a lot more about wrestling than I think one would for not watching it all the time. Because I went through a really like heavy phase of really looking into that. So that I'd be down. We'll we'll move. We can do that. All right, I'd be down. If you want, if you're willing to research it, I'm willing to refresh myself. We can do, we can focus on WWE. I might get a though. free trial of the WWE channel and go yeah. watch some old stuff. Yeah, I mean, we could you could just we could focus on that because frankly that's the biggest one, and we can of course get into the Monday Night Wars with like WWE, WCW, to, and stuff. I think you have to do WCW yeah, Monday course. Night Wars because it took all a lot of old WWE uh, yeah. WWF franchises yeah. and put them in like Hulk Hogan was WCW, oh, so, yeah. you know, so it's like Razor Ramon and all those yeah, people. Razor yeah, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the big show started WCW. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. But for that's for another show. I'm totally down for that. Let's go to the top 5. Top 5. All right, so one <laughs> of my favorite episodes off the break cuz I'm I'm a, I'm kind of scatterbrained here. Um, was the New Orleans episode. We found out that Bill... Oh my gosh, that's one of my all-time favorites. I yeah. didn't put it on mine, though. Well, we find out there that Bill is actually some rich, you know, heir mm-hmm. of a New Orleans plantation, and his family's all, like, really, like, dainty and dandy and stuff. And um, they they go down there, and everyone basically goes. And um, one of my favorite lines was something about um, Bobby. Uh, he was saying, like... Um, uh, Something about how hot he was. He's like, this flower's about to wither. Yes, that that episode is, has some of my family's favorite like lines from King of the Hill. So yeah, so basically they go down to meet Bill's family because yeah. of, because the whole the, the 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 point of going to New Orleans is that Hank won a contest from Alamo Beer to throw a football into a giant Alamo Beer can and win like fifty thousand dollars or something like right. that. And um and so but they have to do it at the Superdome at a New Orleans Saints game. So they're going to they're so they're going to Louisiana. They meet Bill's family. They're on their way to the Superdome. They're all packing into the car. This whole time while they've been down there before going to the game, Bobby's been getting influenced by Bill's cousin, who's a Southern dandy. He speaks in that Wilton Southern accent. Who actually had a family member who spoke like this. Who was a it was a lady, but he's like. He's the type of guy that wears like crushed velvet suit, like you know, or velvet um, robes out right. with like the with the little like ties and ascots and stuff like that, and smokes with the long stems, right, <laughs> long yeah, stem yeah. filter things. But Bobby comes out and he says, "I would like to request a window seat because this, this flower, flower is wilted." <laughs> He's like, "Get in the car." <laughs> yes. Oh yes. So. I, I like that one. Was that the same one? Because that was my favorite one when um, Hank is training up to like throw the ball into yeah. the hole, and yeah. then he lets the old quarterback do it, and he misses. Yeah, and that was, and he tackles the old quarterback in front of thousands of millions of people, really, because it's on TV. Right. Because he's like, you, you owe my son a college education. Yeah, he's like, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, he should have took off the jacket, but he yeah. took the jacket off. But he, he, and he kept it on because he apparently practiced with the jacket on. The, the quarterback did because he lives like up in Montana or something where it's cold. Right. Like this is yeah this episode I'm glad you picked this one because this is one that's like 
like my family loves this episode that was one of those ones that me and my dad would sit and watch and we'd love it because i love bobby really in this episode <laughs> because he goes they're at a hotel and he goes i think i'll give the <laughs> i think he's wearing he's also wearing like a little robe and a cane and stuff that this guy i forgot his name the, the cousin gave to him <laughs> and he goes i think i'll give room service a jangle and ask for some Epate or something like that. Etouffee. Etouffee. That's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, I always love that line because after that, Hank just like takes all the clothes and throws them out the window. <laughs> and Bobby's like, no, please. Yeah, we aren't taking this back with us. <laughs> We're not going back to Texas with you talking like this. Yeah. And, uh, but then Bill, he has his like own escapades going on with this whole, in this whole episode. Do you remember that with this episode? I remember that it was over the title to some property or something. Mm -hmm. And I think the cousin was trying to steal it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, all the, so there were like three, there were the Y, well, two cousins, no, two wives of cousins of his and one blood cousin of his that, um, had all dead husbands basically, but they wanted to be related and married to someone in the Dotri line. So they could get that title back, basically. So all of them, all the women are seducing him this entire time. And he doesn't know which one is his cousin. And Peggy's like, two of them are good, but one of them is a ticket straight to hell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever, because she's his blood yeah. relative. And um, he ends up finding out which one is his actual cousin um, through his male cousin, the one that was like influencing Bobby this whole time. And he's like, how long he was having a, like he was about to have like a, basically a tryst with all three of them, basically a foursome with all of them. And he notices the male cousin sitting in the corner this whole, t- that whole time. And he's like, how long have you been there? And he goes, 23 years. <laughs> it's just something so like, I've been here too long, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Cause he's a dandy. And then, uh, but he ends up telling which cousin is his blood relative, and uh, and at the end of the the trip, everyone's leaving, and and Bill is standing outside the house, after of talking, after he talked to um his the rich relative, the one that actually like still has the estate. She's like, um, she's like, Bill, were you here to tend and nurture the vine, or were you here to play in the garden? <laughs> goes, what? <laughs> Basically, saying like, were you here to help? expand his family Rude's gonna get out here to get some looks or get some looks and get a little action and he goes play in the garden (laughs) he just wants to he's just there to have a little action and then peggy rolls up um after all this occurs and she's like have a good weekend bill she goes both of them (laughs) so he got to he slept with both of the of the the non-blood related cousins basically is what happened wow yeah Oh yeah, that's I'm glad you picked that. That's a favorite episode of mine. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> cool. Um, that's another one. Uh, let's see. There was um oh there was the one when um when Cotton dies. Oh yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Because mainly because I, I remember uh, Peggy lying to Hank about Cotton's last words. Mm-hmm. Because to not destroy the image of his father, because yeah. his last words were talking about like how he hated Hank and yeah. how and, and how he, he just went to the grave as a nasty human. Yeah. yeah. And then Peggy said, "He wanted me to tell you he loved you." 
Mm. It's just like that. Was, like, because what, what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? There's right. nothing you can tell someone and in that situation. And she unloaded on him. That's Peggy yeah. over someone's deathbed just unloading how horrible the guy was. And he yeah. does not care. Yeah, and he doesn't care. But he still, I mean, he gets it in the end. He, he dies, yeah, basically. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. So who cares? But it sucks. It That was... That was a tough episode, but it was a good episode. Yeah. That was really good. I, I like the one with the rose competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The rose competition was, was because the whole thing is that Bobby is um he ends up meeting Connie's mom and he learns about roses mm-hmm. and all the zen of of growing flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of hides this hobby from uh from Hank. And then, you know, Hank discovers it and thinks there's something wrong with this kid. He's yeah. roses. And so um, Peggy says, we should embrace it. You know, we should have him do a rose competition. He's like, there's competition? Yeah. Any th- anytime there's a chance to win something, Hank is like, okay, I'm done. Okay. So he goes to the hardware store and, like, pretends to ask, to, for, like, like, tries to play off that he's asking for, you know, um, rose-growing accoutrement. And this big black dude shows up. <laughs> That's in the rose competition, and he's like super into this. Like, how dare you take this child's innocence by enrolling them in this competition? You're <laughs> sick, right? Like, yeah, and he's like super buff and yeah, like, like real he's like manly, huge. Dude. And um, basic, and basically is saying that like this co- is like the most serious, rigorous competition. Like, you are destroying this child's life by putting him in this competition, you know, against against cutthroat people like mm-hmm. himself. And um, so Bobby and Hank then have to go to this like bong shop, this like weed shop. To buy um, uh, lamps, like heat, like like uh, UV lamps, so they yeah. can, like grow indoors. Yeah, yeah. Because Hank is still ashamed of actually growing the roses outside. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Bobby would definitely wear a flowery hat and stuff. Oh and yeah, he would. Yeah. And so, what's funny about this is that despite Hank thinking this is like a stupid girly thing to do, he's the one that gets mm-hmm. into it, and he oh, looks yeah. at the rule book and he's like, "All right, then we're gonna win this," and he takes over the whole project and mm-hmm. basically grows the roses himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, like over Bobby, and it just shows kind of what motivates Hank, and also the kind of um, hypocrisy that comes in the situation. First, growing roses is a girly thing, but then we realize you can win at it, you can be good at it. Yeah, you kind of get yourself in the rabbit hole and you get serious mm-hmm. about it. Oh yeah, and he, there was another good one liner from that show it was the, uh, um, that episode. It was the when Hank goes to that bong shop or the weed shop or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, I need some." Uh, I need some indoor lamps. And like, oh, what do you need them for? And, it was, and he was like, oh, roses. He's like, oh, no, those are legal now, man. You can grow them outside if you want to. <laughs> I always, that always was good for a chuckle, that yeah. line. Yep. And then they're, they're both like having blurry vision as Hank's trying to pitch them on sponsoring mm-hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like, we need this guy more. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, it's fine, man. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll yeah, do it. They, they yep. don't care. Mm-hmm. Another episode, uh, I love the episode when they go hunting. They go hunting, and I remember the few things I remember from this because I haven't seen this one very recently. Was um, deer, um, I'm sorry, Dale bringing that vial of deer urine, mm-hmm. and assuming that that was going to work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, of course, Joseph gets his gets his kill, and you know Bobby doesn't get doesn't get the kill doesn't doesn't kill a deer, but in the end they're like like all right, you know what, fine, we're just gonna go home. And I know that you didn't get your get your deer, but there's still a way you can uh, 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 a step we could take towards manhood here. You get to drive Dad's truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, Bobby's driving the truck, and he's just like, "I'm driving the hell out this truck," and <laughs> yeah, then he yeah. like, and he runs into a deer. <laughs> yeah, and like, well, um, 
guess they're still using this for sausage it's, or something. Yeah, it's they, a pretty clean kill, son. <laughs> they just yeah. like clean it off and yeah, yeah, and they take it. Yeah, like okay, we'll eat this. Yep. <laughs> well, what's crazy about that one was in the in the beginning, there's this discussion about how Peggy is like, we need Bobby to go kill a deer because yeah. boys his age have bloodlust. <laughs> yeah, and they and and they, he needs violence in his life, and he like they show him like like having like this like um. Like tapestry, or whatever of a deer, mm-hmm. and like he's like, I don't know what he puts in to make it bleed. He somehow make manages to make it bleed. Yeah, and he like puts the blood on his face and just like starts like yelling at the oh, heavens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just like okay, he's he needs to go kill something. <laughs> there's a he. There's a moment where everyone's coming back, like from hunting. Like every like all the other kids in the neighborhood get to go like at the same time, right? Because um. And, and Bobby doesn't because Hank misses the, the deadline to get the, the license. Right. And so he all the kids have come back, and there's all these trucks with deer, like, on the front of them. And Bobby's sitting there having just spent most of the day playing cowboys with a younger child because he right. needed something to do. He's wearing this cowboy hat, and he's looking around, and he starts to cry as all these – People have all these dead deer on their car, and he's like, "It's just like Christmas." Yeah, <laughs> like, like always. Oh yeah, man. Every every episode we mention, I'm like, I remember this episode. It's the best episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, there's also um, what was I thinking about? Uh, who I guess um, we go with uh, Joseph's an alien. Yeah. Right. Joseph's yeah, yeah. an alien. We kind of we kind of already went over the discussion of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one, that one was really good, and um, I also like the one where, because um, Bobby has gout. That one, <laughs> yeah. And Bobby's addicted; he has a physical addiction to chicken livers. Yep, he loves deli meat. Yeah, <laughs> and he has an addiction to chicken livers. He ends up getting gout, and he has to give up gout. He has to give up the chicken livers to, so that he can actually, you know, go to the dance with Connie. Yeah, and. You know, um, eventually he decides that fine, I'm not gonna eat more chicken livers. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go to this dance, yep. and he tries to slow dance with her. And something about his um, dad said, because uh, my mom, the reason I remember this episode is because my mom watched it with me. Mm. And there's weird things about my mom and me. We don't really relate a lot on pop culture. Yeah, yeah. So every time she's ever watched an episode of anything with me, I remember it. For yeah, example, yeah. I remember we were watching Johnny Bravo one time, mm-hmm. and Johnny says you know he's in a situation where he's thinking to himself what am i gonna have for dinner tonight you know that macaroni salad is gonna go bad yeah and then my mom starts cracking up laughing <laughs> yeah because she's like macaroni doesn't go bad <laughs> and i'm like okay i remember that forever because i don't yeah. i didn't spend that much like time watching tv right. so in this moment the, like one of the last lines bobby says when he dances with um with connie is you know sometimes you have to play through the pain yeah, yeah. And my mom was like, "It's so beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like this little boy has to drive, drive around on a scooter because he gave himself gout, spending all his allowance on chicken livers. <laughs> but he's got to go play through the pain at the, the dance. Pain. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at it, it was like, yeah, okay, that. And I think I think what was playing was the song "I Hope You Dance." I think yeah, that I think was the that song was it. I am pretty sure that song was playing. Well, that was great. Alanis Morissette? Who, who, who that song? was that? Well, we'll look it up. I'll look it up. If only there was something we could use. I hear it on the um, on the 80s, 90s, and now station sometimes. Yeah. 
And honestly, I kind of want to do it at karaoke just because I could give it like more of a rustic country accent on it. Like, I hope hope you dance. It is a Leanne Womack. Leanne Womack. Yeah, Yeah. she made that song. I'm sure some of our lady friends have been screaming that into their speakers right now as we're talking about that. (laughs) But this is good because it's a good song about, you know, raising kids Mm -hmm. and the kids, you know, becoming good people. Yeah. And then, yeah, just look at the little things while they grow up. Yeah, how many was that for you? Was that five? That was five. That was yeah. five for you. All right. Well, then we'll go on to mine. Uh, I have it, it's yeah, it's really more like six because I counted two episodes in one because they're a one two parter. Oh, the two parter where they burned down the Megalomart. Oh yeah. So all right, but I'll, I'll start off with Bobby Goes Nuts is the name of the episode, and it's the one where Bobby, um, or Hank gets Bobby to take a self defense class because he ends um. up he's getting bullied at school. Oh yeah. Yes. It's not Paris. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. he so he sends Bobby to the YMCA to go take a, a self defense class or a boxing class in particular, so he can learn how to fight. But the boxing classes are all booked up. The only thing that's open is a women's self defense class. So he goes in there and he's the only male in there that's actually part of the class. There's one guy in there that is uh he's wearing like an all padded suit and stuff like that. Right. And they he's kick him in the nuts. They all kick day. him in the nuts. The whole the whole self defense is that's my purse. I don't know you. And then, and then they kick him in the nuts. And that's Bobby's like he that he learns that and he takes it to heart because it works because he goes and he gets in multiple that, situations. That, that like, hey, Bobby, what are you going to do, Bobby? Gonna do? They're going to kick me in the nuts. And he, and he does. He's like, he goes, it's, he says, that's my purse. Yeah. He goes, he goes, it's not if I'll kick you in the nads, it's when. And he kicks him in the nads with that. But yeah, but every other situation, he goes, that's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> For every time he gets into a fight. Let's just think about the job of that guy that runs the self-defense class. Yeah. Like, what do you do? I just get kicked in the balls all day. <laughs> like, that's all what day. I... For, And they're like, wow, you get paid okay? And he's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> But he, uh, okay, but that, yeah, but that was a great episode because Hank, because Hank ends up being on the receiving end of a, of a kick to the nads by Bobby and ends up like causing a lot of swelling. Mm. So his boys, you know, don't, oh, yeah, detract, and, then he has, like, and then he has to defeat Peggy. He has to in defeat combat. Peggy. And, and she goes, <laughs> I don't have testicles. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> as you'll see, Bobby, I don't have testicles because he tries to use the, the move on her. Yep. And he learns his lesson. And that was that was a great episode. Like, hmm? Hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, I'll 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 bring up the the two parter, and it's pr- it's it was called Propane Boom, and it was, it it's an episode that it's kind of a lot of shows did this in like the early two thousands, um, when Walmart was just exploding and it was going everywhere and it was right. putting basically putting Main Street out of business, and that was kind of like the, what this was originally started out as, yeah. um, the. <laughs> And so the, they have a store in the town called the Megalomart, basically Walmart, and it yes, does sell megalomaniacs. Yeah, it, yeah. it sells literally everything, and uh, it's yeah, and it's like I said, putting everything out of business. It even goes so far they start selling propane there, and their prices are better than Strickland propane, and so Strickland has to close temporarily. 
they can try to figure out how to fix this. But Hank needs a job because he's a salesman, so he's basically probably relying on commission. So he goes and works at the Megalomart, and he hates it because he's stuck there working with a bunch of teenagers who are his manager. He's working under Buckley. He's working under Luann's boyfriend, Buckley, who is an yeah. idiot. He's he's like, <laughs> he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like a Beavis and Butthead, yeah. like, because Mike Judge of yeah, the, the show we we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning it's made of that by mike judge mike judge mike judge created beavis and butthead and hank hill's voice in general side note is the voice of one of the characters on beavis and butthead he's like the old next state next door neighbor um but anyways back to this so he's working under buckley and buckley's like doing everything incorrectly like in terms of um carrying the propane around smoking near the tanks things like that and, you know, and Hank's, you know, trying to teach him, but he's under Buckley and he can't do anything about it. And, of mm-hmm. course, Buckley's big thing is always like, what? What? Chicken butt? <laughs> you know, that's yeah. always his thing. He loves those stupid jokes. Um, but then Hank notices there are other, like, small town salesmen and, and shop owners that are also having to work at the Megalomart. And so he eventually schemes with them to try to sabotage the – uh, it's like the some big concert that's happening at the Megalomart. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Joe a, Pesci? It's a, a Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione, the trumpet trumpet player. Yeah. He uh he's he's like a main sponsor or a um what do you call it? He does advertising for the Megalomart. What's with Joe Pesci? Is that an actor? Not he's an name. actor. Joe Pesci's an actor. I knew I knew yeah. it was one of those um, <laughs> yeah. foreign sounding names. Mangione. Yeah. yeah, Chuck Mangione and he is a he's he's doing ads. He's like an ambassador. Or Megalomart. Recurring so character, too. Recurring character with this song, uh, Feel So Good. He's like... Anyways, so he's he's doing his concert at the Megalomart parking lot. And uh, and the Hank and these other shop owners decide, you know what, we're going to sabotage it. And they, they buy a bunch of kazoos that they're going to play while Chuck is playing. And it makes it sound like Chuck's trumpet isn't perfect basically isn't sounding as good as it should and and while they're doing this meanwhile Luann is in the megalomart with buckley buckley's smoking but still doing work like moving propane tanks around Luann steps away for a minute but one of these propane tanks is like open slightly so gas is is escaping and buckley lights up a cigarette in the megalomart whatever starts lighting up a cigarette it blows up and it ex- causes this huge explosion, huge fire, collapsed building, um, and there's chaos. That's how basically how the episode ends. The episode fully ends with Bobby sitting with, um, or maybe it doesn't end here. I, I can't remember. Bobby sits with Connie in the treehouse. They look over and see the megalomarts on fire. He says, "Hey, your dad blew up." Yeah, yeah. The, there's <laughs> a there's a kid that goes, "Your dad got blown up." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says yeah. that. He says because Hank went in there, was inside the building as well. But that leads into episode two, which was the sec- which was the following season. So they basically leave it there, um, right. and the following season they come in and everyone, there's chaos. They're they're looking for survivors. The fire department's there. They pull out two survivors, and it's Hank and Luann. Uh, Luann's hair is completely singed off, 100%. Like it just falls completely off. Uh, we find out Buckley passed away from the explosion, and. The episode revolves around Luann coming to terms with or learning to have remorse, basically, or learning to mourn, Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that she also lost her hair. Uh, and then Hank overcoming his fear of propane. Yeah, he gets a phobia. He becomes a has a gains a phobia of it, 
and then also um, Buckley's funeral and stuff. And I want to focus on Buckley's funeral, <laughs> or I'll bring this up before I move on to the other episode. Buckley's funeral had my favorite story or con moment of all time, and it was Con got up to talk about Buckley because he loved Buckley because of how much he ticked off Hank Hill because he just everything he loved picking on Hank and so Khan tells a story and I'll tell the story now I'm not going to do it in Khan's accent because I don't want to be a racist but <laughs> but he does do you think that an Asian person actually acted out Khan's part I, I doubt I doubt it so maybe I I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> so the story is basically once there was a man and he was running from a very hungry tiger <laughs> and while he is running he falls off a cliff. And while he's and on his way down, he grabs onto a branch. And while he's hanging there, he doesn't know what to do. He looks up. And he sees a very hungry tiger. Then he looks down. He sees another hungry tiger. And then he sees a strawberry. So he takes the strawberry and he eats it. And it was the sweetest strawberry he had ever tasted. <laughs> and then it ends. That's how it ends. And he just walks away. And Hank's like, can you believe this guy tells a joke at a funeral? <laughs> But, like, the point of the story is supposed to be, like, even in the worst of times, you can find the sweetest moments, basically. Right. Um, but I always liked that story because it was, like, a party trick of mine in college. I would sit there and tell that story, and people would be like, what? What does that even mean? And then they would, it'd be a joke, kind of a conversation starter. But, yes, so I loved that episode. The whole time, uh, and Khan is like, I mourn for Buckley. And he's talking to Luann, who <laughs> Luann goes up to talk about Buckley. And how she's sad about him dying or whatever, but she's got her shaved head because it's all singed off. And she's like, but there are more important things in the world. This is a starving Irish child, and it's a black and white photo of Bobby <laughs> in his underwear. <laughs> and, and then they basically accuse uh, Luann of like putting on this like lame Sinead O'Connor type like shtick or whatever yeah then she started doing like um photojournalism but she takes pictures of the tv yeah she takes pictures of the tv a piece of garbage but yes that then that picture of, of bobby in his underwear and he's like it's this is a starving irish child <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and uh he's like i cry river of fo- i cry river for buckley why not you <laughs> or whatever and um but yeah that was i love we always love that episode and um the next one I was gonna mention was a is called a firefighting. We will go, and it's the episode where yeah, yeah they all yeah, they all that one too. Okay. yeah they all they're uh they want to do volunteer firefighting all the men, and they end up they're just terrible at it because oh, yeah. they're it's in the whole time they're annoying each other because Hank was his typical thing where he wants to be a control freak. Right. Um, I always want I always like this episode because when basically what happens is they they end up burning down the fire department. On right. accident. And it starts off with them being interrogated by like the head of the fire department mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and really, it's like all of their faults that the fire even occurred. Well, right. or maybe not. No, it isn't all their faults. It's, it's, it's Dale's fault. It's Dale's fault that the fire started. Um, but there's multiple fires that could have happened prior to that would have been all their fault. Right. Um, but I always like when they're telling their own stories. Um, first and foremost, like Dale sees himself as super buff. Super like nonchalant. He's not doing anything, and 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 Hank is a jerk. Basically, yeah, he puts him in like a um a, a drill sergeant uniform mm-hmm. in, in a fantasy. Yep. Yeah. And then um, Boomhauer 
in his mind, he hears everyone else talking like how Boomhauer talks. Or, dang, oh, man, listen, man, dang, oh, we got to just, we got to do everything right, man. Dang, oh, and but the whole time, Boomhauer is like, fellas, please keep it down. I'm trying to read this issue, <laughs> issue of Auto Trader. You know, it's like, it's, he's like reading the same thing. And then um, when Bill's telling the story, he is, uh, he actually sees himself as completely bald and like, like 50 pounds heavier is how he sees himself. And I always thought that was just sad, but it's interesting. But um, in the episode when at through at one point in the episode, uh, there's an old, an old retired firefighter. Who's like part of the volunteer crew, whatever that hangs out at the department. Mm-hmm. He passes away. It's Chet Elderson. Chet Elderson. That's it. And they, they're at his funeral and, they get into an argument because they can't get along at all in this entire oh, episode. Oh, no, it's because freaking Dale is supposed to be a pallbearer. He's not yeah. holding the whole yeah. casket. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to touch the casket because, because it's bad, bad luck. luck. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to touch it. And so they get into an argument, they fight over it, but end up dropping the casket and end up all falling into the grave. With Boomhauer is the last one, so he grabs on Chet's leg and he pulls his pants off. So yeah, <laughs> he this, pulls this pantsless dead body <laughs> sitting there. They're all in the grave. Yeah. Oh, it's great. But they make a they make a um, a plaque for Chet, and when they they receive the plaque, they get a call in that there's a fire and it's for all units. And it turns out the fire department burned down. Dale holding the plaque and he goes, "Well, I dedicate you the Chet Elderson Firehouse or whatever." And it's this ruins of a firehouse. Um, but then it turns out so basically at some point in Chet's honor. Dale plugged in Chet's old Alamo beer sign, neon sign, but it was a bad sign. It, it had sparks and it was yeah. a fire hazard. Um, and so they end up basically covering. They all end up covering for that, basically saying, "Oh, Chet did it. He's the one that burned it down because he would. He loved that stupid sign." And they're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." And that's how. And that's basically the resolution to that whole episode. But yes, always love that episode. Um, and then uh, one of my other favorites is called. The episode title is Get Your Freak Off, and it's an episode – oh, man, I need to – you know what? I'm going to bring up an honorable mention of this, and maybe I won't mention my last one. Anyways, the – so Get Your Freak Off is one where Bobby um, meets a girl who is in, like, an advanced class or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into the, too much of the episode because it was um, – just because it there's more the rest of it's funny but not that funny basically it's about it's basically bobby is hanging out with this girl whose parents are like the type that want to keep up appearances they want to be like cool parents you know yeah so they have like a boy girl party and they bring the popular girl over and she's like doing seven minutes in heaven and stuff like that and everyone's everyone's real uncomfortable but i always love this episode because bobby's trying to pick out music at the music store and he picks out a bunch of cds but hank wants to screen them because it all they all have parental advisory on them. So he's listening to him. He doesn't like any of them until he finally gets to this one, and it's a boy band, and they're called Four Score. And, and there's a song that starts off that goes, One fine day God was kicking it in heaven. And, and it's like their slow song or whatever, the one slow song on the entire album. And Hank is like, See, this is good music. You need to listen to this. And he like starts to like the band, even though he doesn't really listen to it. And everyone knows it's a boy band, but Hank is oblivious to the idea. Then they find out there's a concert. They go to the concert, and they invite this popular girl that Bobby kind of has a crush on. She seems to kind of have a crush on him. And Hank is super excited to go to the concert, way more excited than he probably should be for his age. So he's, But he's 
basically forced to go up into the parents section, which is in one of the nice like suites or boxes or whatever, where it's quieter. And he's sitting there watching the concert and then they come out and they're wearing like the, the band comes out and they're wearing like the nice like tuxedos, white tuxedos, like a typical boy band would do. They start singing that same song, but then it quickly turns into this like get your freak on song basically. And right. it's all about like humping and stuff like that. And there's <laughs> fire everywhere. And he looks down in the crowd and he sees Bobby dancing with this popular girl and they're like basically grinding on each other. But they're like they're like talking and doing real casual as if that's just how you dance, basically. <laughs> but and you know, so right. it, I always like that. But I need to mention um I have to because it's another Bobby centric episode and it's of Bobby getting into things. It's when Bobby joins a youth group and I can't remember the name of the episode. Oh, this has gotta be great. Oh my gosh. And I might just skip it. I'll I'll give I'll give Wings of the Dope a la- an honorable mention. It was my original five one, but this has got to be mentioned. It was when uh, Bobby's kind of getting into trouble um, with some of the friends around, some of his friends at school, and it's suggested that he join a youth group by their, their pastor um, at their Methodist church they go to. And so Hank goes to this youth center, and then out back is there's like a skate park and basically just drops Bobby off, and Bobby sees all these cool kids skateboarding with this guy who's like an adult, much older than them, he's skateboarding, he's really cool, and it turns out it's that's the youth group. It's the chill, It's the it's the Christian youth group. And the, the youth group leader basically looks like the lead singer from P.O.D. Like he's got long dreads and like a goatee, but he's really into skateboarding, and, and he's always like, yeah, bruh. That's if, if God just didn't want you to hit that that heel flip or whatever, <laughs> like it's okay. But just just trust Him and we'll be all right. And the um, and Bobby gets more and more into it. And it kind of I love this episode because the aesthetic of the youth group thing was pretty much that that was extremely accurate. Like yeah. it was like the uh, basically like the, the shirts and like the kind of like hip hop urban look of things people wearing tattoos and stuff Sneakers, like that yeah. listening to pod and things like that and it's like basically new metal was like a really like ska new metal punk rock like it was like that was like your christian youth like we were doing our christian versions of those things and the um and bobby the whole time he's becoming more and more rebellious even though he's christian but he's like really into he's really into the Lord and he's like um, he, and he's like really into like Bible study and things like that. But he's becoming more and more disrespectful to his parents because the youth pastor that he's with is really he's too into being cool. But he's also this youth pastor is in a band and he's a lead singer of a band. And so there's going to there's a, a, a concert con- like festival coming up. It's called Christ Fest. And so he brings he invites Bobby to come along with him with his band and basically be a hype man on stage. Hank won't allow this because Bobby keeps getting a bad attitude. He ends up getting uh, a piercing in his ear with a cross on it, like a cross piercing or whatever, and he's wanting to get a tattoo, and the tattoo is the lamest-looking thing I've ever seen. It's a drawing of Jesus holding a skateboard <laughs> was, the, wow. was the tattoo Bobby wanted to get, even though Bobby can't skateboard. Um, he, but anyways, Bobby ends up sneaking out because he thinks like, you know what? God wants me to go to uh, this thing. I want to, I want to be a true follower or whatever. And, and, and so he goes to the, to the festival and, um, you know, he's, he's having fun. He's being hyped, but Hank of course finds out, drags Bobby off stage. And there's this conflict of, you know, like, why are you ruining my show? 
you never love the Lord. You know, you know, you don't love him as much as I do, yada, yada. But then this guy comes up and he's like this roadie. It's this big, like muscular biker looking dude. And he's like, what's the matter? And he was like, and the youth pastor says, he's ruining my show, dad. And it's his dad. And he goes, son, did you forget about one of the commandments? And he opens up his shirt and he's got this tattoo with all the Ten Commandments on tablets on his back. And it was honor thy father and mother. And he was like, you know, basically like if if he doesn't want his son playing at this thing, don't let him do it. He needs to teach this. His son needs to learn this lesson himself, basically. And the whole point, like the, the lesson of the entire episode was basically like, when Bobby pulls or um, Hank brings Bobby back home and Bobby's got a bad attitude and stuff like that. He, he, Hank brings down this box of like, basically like a, a bunch of memory. It's like a memory box basically. And he's got a bunch of like collectible things from when they were all younger. There's a picture of Hank wearing a uh, members only jacket. Oh wow! And he was like, I thought that members only jacket would never go out of style. And, and Bobby's like, yeah, it looks so stupid now and stuff like that. And then he's holding, and then he grabs a Beanie Baby or whatever. I forgot the name of it in the show, what they call it. But it's the equivalent. He's like, I thought, I can't believe I loved these things. And and Hank was like, well, you thought they were really cool at the time, you know. And you, you thought you would carry, you, you carry that everywhere. And, and basically the point of it that Hank wanted to make was that he was like, I, you see all these things that you liked and you thought they were cool at the time, but they eventually went out of style to you. This stuff that you're liking right now, like with the rock music and the tattoos and the, the, the hip-hop style and the loud, you know, being disrespectful, you might think it's cool now, but you probably won't later. And basically, even though this is Christian, I don't want God to end up in this box. Basically, that's the idea. Right. It was like, ooh, good deep moment. And I really liked that episode. It was basically like, I just because you think God is stylish now, I don't want him to not be stylish to you later. So think about the way you're like acting. I was like, oof, good Hank Hill moment. And I love that one. Because that, that also shows you how much Hank really does care for Bobby, even though, you know, generally a disappointment. So. Mm, that's really, really deep, man. Yeah, it was a good episode. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and then the last episode is the uh, last one I'll mention. Mm, excuse me, was uh, it's called Wings of the Dope. And it's when we see Buckley's Angel. Oh, comes yeah, back to Luann. Yeah, yeah Luann sees Buckley's angel jumping on his trampoline that um, that Hank is able to get from Buckley's estate. Basically, he doesn't have much of anything, but he has a trampoline. And, uh, and uh, Luann wakes up and sees somebody jumping on the trampoline, and she's like, oh, my gosh, it's Buckley. He's alive. And she goes to talk to him, and he does a flip, and you see these little tiny angel wings on him or whatever. He's like, wow, you're an angel. And they, like, kind of have, like, you know, they talk or whatever, and she has more reconciliation or whatever. And uh, around the neighborhood, everyone's getting freaked out because, oh, my gosh, there's an angel or whatever. And, like, uh, Dale is convinced that it's not an angel. It's a porthole to hell. You know, like, don't mess with that. Um, uh, uh, Peggy is convinced that, like, she should have a religious experience. You know, she's a, you know, she's a great person. Because she's like years, years prior was drying her hair. She heard the words Jesus is love just out of nowhere. And she's like, oh, you know, or whatever. So she thinks she should have been there. Um, uh, Khan loved Buckley, like we mentioned earlier, when because he annoyed Hank so much. And so he's <laughs> so he's so he wants to see Buckley's angel. Um, but uh, in the, there was always a fun soundtrack with this one because. There's a song called Life in a Northern Town. Is that? Ayo, ma, 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 na, 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 yeah. And they're like, it's while they're jumping. It's like, it's really sweet. 
But uh, the best things with this is like the whole time in this episode, um, the way is struggling with beauty school. And during beauty school, she's like failing everything or whatever, but she's also seeing Buckley's angel this whole time. And the, um, and on her way to like her final exam for the beauty school, she's, she is Buckley suddenly appears with her in the car and she's like all stressed out. She was up all night trying to study. She's late. And Buckley's like, Hey, um, I, I actually, Jesus left you a letter. Um, <laughs> he was ba- it's something along the lines of how you really suck at beauty school and you should drop out. Um, Oh, here it is. I found the letter and he pulls it out and he goes, dear Luann, you really suck at beauty school. You should drop out. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, you underlined really, I guess it wasn't nicer <laughs> or whatever. And so, and, uh, yeah, and basically she ends up in in arguing with Buckley's angel. She almost gets in a in a car accident with a wiener wagon that's driving by, and and gets basically pulled out of a ditch by some college girls, and learns that she's well, I should go to college, you know. And that was kind of the the big happy moment. And, and of course, at the end of all this, Hank is like, I didn't know the wiener wagon was in town, and Bobby's like, Obviously not, or you would have taken me. <laughs> and so, yes, so that was one of my that, those are those are my favorite episodes. I yeah I had slightly more than <laughs> just like it was. King I would, of the Hill I would, is deep, man. Yeah, King of Hill goes so it goes so far, and you don't realize how um like it's episodic, but it can also play out seasonally to be like consistent. Mm-hmm. Like Luann, for example, she loses all of her hair, and that's consistent for several episodes. Yeah, um, they they have a lot of um, character development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids actually grow up. Joseph starts as a kid, eventually. Gets his little peach fuzz, and yeah. then become teenagers, and you just kind of watch them all grow up, <laughs> and and becomes more of a horn dog, Joseph. Like, oh, yeah. there's he the episode Connie's where mom. Yeah, he kisses Connie's mom when he starts like he hits puberty, like real hardcore. But then he right. also like Bobby accidentally sees Luann naked once, and the whole time like John or uh, uh, Joseph. Joseph, gosh, Joseph is like he's like he wants to see Luann. <laughs> like the whole time he's like, I've got a monkey on my back and it wants to see Luann naked. <laughs> What's that whole? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's deep. Like it's just like it, it, there's actual like change in a lot of these characters that stay consistent throughout the show, with the exception of Boomhauer until the very end. Well, or at least, or at least what is considered by Mike Judge to be the finale. Um, you finally learn that Boomhauer is a like a Texas marshal. Like, he's actually – or a U.S. Marshal. Like, he's, like, got a serious job, but you don't know what he does through the entire series. He's just, like, this womanizer who drives a nice car. But he's a, he's a, he's a U.S. Marshal. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I, thought, I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, at the end of the – but, yeah. So, yeah. I saw Sonic last night. You saw Sonic last night? How did it go? <laughs> it was really good. Was well, it? Well, I'll say this. I was expecting it to be garbage. Yeah. I went in there with the worst, lowest possible expectations. You're talking about a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Mm-hmm. So I went in with low, low expectations. Mm-hmm. But it exceeded those expectations. It's nice. a good movie for like you take kids out. It has put, has some callbacks to fans of the video games. It's a good mm. movie. Nice. Well, maybe did they did they change the um the art style? Yeah, the art style. Yeah, yeah. It it, lo- it looks closer to you remember like the Dreamcast game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks closer to Dreamcast Sonic. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll have to check it out. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a fun movie. Jim Carrey's awesome in it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, because he's um he's, he's Doctor Robotnik. That's right. Yeah, nice. And he's very very good as Doctor nice. Robotnik. It's a good origin story for Robotnik as well, because it's like it's the origin of Robotnik, and toward the end you see him becoming more Robotnik like. Yeah, yeah, more like fat and like yeah, yeah and bald yeah. and all that stuff. Nice. All right, then. I gotta check that out. That's something we should talk about in the podcast. Sonic, or just really like those like mid '90s video games. I think we could go into. Oh uh, yeah, we can talk about 16-bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> before, before we got 3D. Oh, before we got 3D. When yeah. every game was in a cartridge. Oh my gosh. A cartridge. Yes, even like from Sega, Nintendo. Sega. Well, oh my gosh, that 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 tune, man. I always, I'll never gosh, forget it that. It made you so happy to, to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're having to blow on the things. Yeah, yeah, to get it to work. And then some some kids, you do it like 10 times in a row, and it still wouldn't work, but they'd be convinced that you have to keep doing it. They wouldn't know their way to do it. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. wouldn't know their way of making it work. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, yeah. But I'm down. This is a good, good, deep discussion. We got deep yeah, on, man. on What was it, two podcast. hours? We're, we're almost at the two-hour mark on the show. Awesome. That yeah, was, I got. I got to. I got to get some lunch. I'm about to make a board game today. Oh heck yeah, man! Yeah, I'm, I'm testing out a board game. It's like four player Yu Gi Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sweet dude. Well, all right, dude. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the official fan podcast. Uh, I, I don't know how our show ends. I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll do this. How about this? Find us on Instagram, and I'm gonna pull up our Instagram page. Our cat's trying to. My cat is trying to get into the office because she's woken up from or whatever maybe nap it's an she was emergency in. And she needs your help. Nah, she's fine. We're bleeding. Yeah, pee. Anyways, so all right, so you can find us on Instagram at the underscore official underscore fan underscore podcast. Real straightforward. Extremely easy to remember. I don't know how often we're going to post on that page, but we're going to post on it enough to hopefully, you know, you'll know when an episode is coming out. Yeah. And that's it for now. <laughs> but oh, as, yeah, as much as... You can find sub- us on Spotify and Anchor and... Yeah, um, we're in our... We have a Twitter our, now. Yeah, we, we have a Twitter and you can find our links to our podcast on either of those pages. So feel free to copy the links and uh, send them to your friends because the more... We'd love to do this for a long time, but it only really happens if you guys listen to us. So... <laughs> Also, if you have any suggestions for things you'd like for us to do that you think you'd like, tell us in those avenues. Yes, like, tell us on those platforms, and we'd be happy to research it and yeah. go for it. So thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have a good uh, whatever the heck you're going to do because it's a podcast. It's not like it's live. So. Yeah, I'll get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.